Thanks. <laughs> Actually, uh, we got we got questions, right? Have we got all the questions up and stuff? We got we got all the questions. Get everyone. Uh, welcome to the Hidden City Rollers Derby once more. I don't know what episode number this is, uh, but we're here. <laughs> I'm your host, Simcoff. <laughs> Super lo-fi today, super lo-fi. Look, we promise lo-fi, we give you lo-fi. Uh, and we've got actually a decent crew here today, man. That's uh, we got we got our champion Merlin. So, what up? Uh, good to be called the champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the champion of mats. It's the first um, time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we got Enzi, who's just hot off a. A second place tournament and a huge eight player <laughs> tournament. What's up, man? Um, uh, I believe I got third, actually. Third, third. Yeah. third <laughs> well, third yeah. is just the second after first. I mean, so oh, that's true. So top eight. There we right? go. Diminishing returns. <laughs> top eight in an eight player tournament. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sick, bro. That's how I roll. <laughs> 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 and 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 That's I think right. I I have no where where in the world are you today, uh, Enzi? Which part of the outback? Oh, sorry, uh, Glenn. No, 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 I'm I'm the one who just lives in his apartment. <laughs> you live in your apartment. I think we do have somebody in right. in the country, right? Though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, I think I'm near Wangaratta at the moment. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's in the northeast from Melbourne. Um, and I thought my intro would be. Does this guy play this game anymore? Glenn Saywood, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> you, know, you know who does this guy play the game anymore is Bert, right? Shout out to Bert, wherever you are. Oh, yeah, Tor- shout, out to, yeah. shout out to Tori Dory, who's going to Worlds uh, in a few months. Uh, yeah. He's really he looking tri- forward to... <laughs> Sorry, I missed, he's I missed that. He's looking forward to the Hawthorne-Richmond game tonight, apparently. I oh, seen the season closer for the... Um... Yeah, the Hawthorne Hawks who were about to lose their uh, their final. And the game he's getting some animal inspiration right. so he yeah. can decide which clan he's playing for Worlds. <laughs> Sorry, is this, is this a card game that I, that what, I don't yellow know? Yellow or yellow? Or? So he's playing Lion. <laughs> playing I thought the Haw- Hawthorne might be the Haw- are the Hawks for our international listeners. Uh, and so he could be playing the new Crane jewel deck that has yet to be discovered. <laughs> right. cards there, no, for sure. Um, I think that the last time Toridori played L5R is I think pack six of Arc One was out, but I don't think he's tried the Phoenix pack yet. So it'll be interesting when he finally gets back into the game. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna learn that Tadaka is just amazing. <laughs> Tadaka is bonkers. <laughs> Actually, I I can give you guys a news update on the uh, when did Toridori last play the game. Uh, front, he did play me the other night, and I did play Kikuyo again against him, and he got tilted again. So for <laughs> again, our international listeners out there, Spice Scorpion, cancel some spells that he likes to play, uh, and you'll be on your way to picking a role that we all get to enjoy or uh, rebel against for eight months. Mate, he's not the only one that gets tilted by Kikuyo, man. <laughs> I just do. I do love in Jikiko. My favorite words in Jikiko are like when they read Kikio and they've just played consumed by five fires in a conflict, and they realize they didn't need to. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Cool. So, there's been a bunch of news that we vaguely care about. How on a on a like excitement scale of like Jeffrey boycott to Nicolas Cage where are we on art sleeves that look exactly like the back of Dynasty cards and Conflict cards <laughs> dude oh, my my excitement is unlimited unfucking limited are you like I don't know what it Nicolas means Cage? but that's where I'm at <laughs> unlimited <laughs> I thought I thought I misread the article like I I thought they were showing us I was like what this beautiful art with but then it dawned on me that I'm covering the beautiful art that I that I got with all the hard money that I spent on these cards by having to spend more money on the same art just so that it's tournament <laughs> legal. Uh, it's the definition here, of taking both the here piss, in Australia right? and, and at Worlds. No, it's the de- it's the definition it's the definition of complimenting an artist's artwork. 
It wasn't good enough that it was on the back of the card. You need it on the back of the sleeve as well. <laughs> well, at so, least the sleeves so, are tournament so legal. Out, at least there's that. Yeah, well, sh- shout out to the uh, to the artists of those those card backs. Uh, they are beautiful, beautiful works of art. Um, and thank you, FFG, for ensuring that my money goes where it should be going, which is to card sleeves rather than new cards. Um, so I think, <laughs> I, I think I think everyone wins on this front moving forward yeah <laughs> hey um so there was what, a cool thing though. Reckon, yeah what's, what's the cool thing I'd, I'd rather hear about the cool thing the world's promo got announced did you see that <coughs> backhanded compliment brilliant yep it's kind of lucky that scorpion got a keeper role um and you know because it was it was getting to the stage where like you know that could have been offered, and Scorpion weren't going to be able to play that card. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you get extra points at Worlds for winning by dishonor with the new Scorp deck by playing backhanded compliment? That's full art. You're like, I'm going to give you a full backhanded compliment this time. <laughs> is, it, is there is there a bit of extra points that goes along there? <laughs> did you guys did you guys see that thread on Facebook? from brad it was like is this a joke like yeah is this a is, yeah. is am i being trolled <laughs> ffg know how to pick their promo cards right i definitely want to be spending 150 usd to get a full play set of these um just because they yeah they look great um n- not really i i just think it's great for those that get to go to worlds it's unfortunate that the card that they get to pick uh has some sort of lock on it for instance, it uh, it has a roll lock, um, and so it's yet just another reminder that you know that this game likes to restrict your de- deck building, even when you're given the promo card. Well, I'm going to play. Reminder. I'm going to really play Glenn's funny. advocate on this one, right? Is I feel like if if it was Bunzai, which we are luckily getting in the I think season four pack or whatever, right? Or um, if it was Bunzai, or if it was Court Games. I feel like you would still complain because you'd say only the people that get to go to Worlds get to, you know, get court games, uh, promos. Yeah, but, that, but that's a deserving, like, that's what you get for traveling to the middle of nowhere to play a card game that you enjoy. That's true. Uh, I think, I think like, something like Imperial Palace or um, or even... Yeah. Yeah, just something something that's kind of more ubiquitous would be a better prize perhaps but it is just the attendance promo i think palace would have been a great choice yeah but it's gonna be be a scorpion card i I hope that the world promo announcement entices more people to go to worlds um yeah you guys reckon it's gonna be as big this year you guys reckon it'll be as big this year as it was last year how many were there last year well i think there were over five I want to say 500. There were two days. No, there were three, three, three day ones. I might be wrong on those. There's two days. Yeah, I'm assuming day ones are 250. But wow, it was pretty big. I didn't think it was going to be that big. That's huge. I mean, it was like that was first release, like first year of the release. So that was always going to be big. Like you get the hype cycle of the new game, the returning game. How big was? uh, I hope it takes off. It would be nice to see if the game is stabilized or growing um yeah i mean the more people that go the better really but yeah for sure uh it'd be good to see i know at least there's some australian representation going um yeah so, is that you glenn sorry is that me um is unfortunately <laughs> and unfortunately uh i won't be representing i decided that because i have uh exams i won't be able to go but you'll have the better players from Australia going to represent, which is what you want. Yeah. What's the shame you can't know what's going to somebody on. else? <laughs> Can I do that? It'd be nice. That'd be good. Well, if you register, you can give somebody a complimentary ticket. So there could be a loophole there where you could. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, let's let's not advertise that on here. Yeah, sh- don't, don't say it. Like, <laughs> now that you've said it, we can't do it. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, Worlds will be really exciting for everyone, though. I think 
I, I, I wonder if there'll be a multiplayer side event. I don't know if they've announced this sort of stuff yet, but it'd be cool to see if they do push side events and what they entail. Yeah, they definitely do. Like I heard it on a podcast around this time last week. I can't remember the name of it. They were talking about like side events and stuff for Worlds, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of OP events, what do you guys uh, have? You guys seen the uh, recently announced Kickstarter for the Proving Grounds? I think it's called. Yeah, that's that. It's super cool. That looks. Yeah, that looks really good. Yeah. Do you know if that was the uh, thing it... that KP was talking about? <laughs> mm, uh, I don't know. I don't believe so. I think it's Trevor. Trevor Holmes, I believe, is his name. Um, he's someone out of the US who is trying to create a way to engage game stores at a local level to get players to come in and regularly win and play games for some really cool uh, third-party price support. Um, so, yeah, there's a Kickstarter up if anyone's interested, and I think it, I think it's a really good way to engage the community further. Uh, I've yet to see how you can get game stores and FFG to all be alongside with it but it'd be nice to see where it takes off if it helps i think it's yeah. going to be really cool i think i think actually um we were going to have a look in, into it to see if we could get some of the stores over here to get involved I it mean, will depend on shipping as everything does in australia but yeah because i think it's it's straight strange one in australia um there's some states that you know i think this could work well in um Melbourne's an interesting one where we live, Victoria, the state of Victoria, because we have many gaming stores. And as it is, you know, there's so many L5R events on, like, just every weekend there's multiple. Like, this weekend there's a clash between two events on the Saturday. So, um, be interesting to see where they slot in. I guess if there's a gap between, um, you know, OP price support. But I love to see any community, community involvement because it means that people are active and they're engaged. And it means the game gets bigger. Yeah, I think we're actually pretty lucky over here. I don't know how many regions or cities actually have more than one game store that they can go to. We've got like seven, right? We're spoiled. We're spoiled. Awesome. <laughs> we live in like L5R Shangri-La. It's so good. I wonder if Shangri-La has a good L5R scene. You know I've been to Shangri-La? Did you play L5R there? Uh no. <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> I think that was pre. Well, it wasn't pre L five R, but I guess it just was during the the down period. It's been a few. It's been around for a long time. That game, right? I hear. So I hear. Yeah. <laughs> My entire house is a goddamn shrine to L five R. Oh god. Right. Um. Maybe Merlin's just sitting on a mountaintop, and he's like. Please bring a second edition of this game. Please. Oh my gosh, I need a second edition of this game. And then lo and behold, uh, you get the FFG edition. Uh, little did you know, though, that they'd bring Hawk Tattoo into the meta. He <laughs> <laughs> can't right now. Little did you know. Yeah, for sure. I didn't think anybody expected Hawk Tattoo. I don't, according to the interview that went up yesterday, I don't think Tyler expected it either. So, what was uh, I think everyone's yesterday? surprised with that card. Uh, I, it was on one of the websites. Just uh, a discussion between Tyler. Yeah, it was just a really, just a really good insight into um, card design, how things have been working behind the scenes. That Tyler, Tyler's really, you know, kind of taken over now from the end of the second cycle moving forward with Brad working on the side. But also that because he had to focus on the unicorn cards, that cards such as Hawk Tattoo kind of slipped through. Um, Does he actually mention Hawk Tattoo? Yeah, they, yeah there's, like a, there's like a brief conversation about it. Oh, okay. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... Um, oh, he says nice it was the biggest was... miss. Yeah, so... It sounds like I'm just glad that there's again. It's good feedback to FFG that sounds like they are listening. Sounds like even if they don't work as fast as we would like, they do want to put solutions in place, um, and they do. They are aware of what 
current meta and the strengths and weaknesses of where they're at. So yeah, I think it's all great and great all around, really. Yeah, I think sometimes we cry out for like instant reaction to cards we think are OP. Is you know in games I've played where that is a thing that happens, and you do have like you know, almost daily errata and changes in cards. It creates a very volatile environment. You don't really get a chance for the environment to kind of, you know, you don't get to play in a specific environment. You, you know, your environment, your meta, you've got like micro metas that last a week until, you know, cards get changed. And, you know, I know yeah. that. Yeah. I kind of like that, actually. I was in Hong Kong recently playing against some of those guys and I was talking to them. I play, obviously, I play Shrine Maiden. But when they looked through my deck and had a, and they saw Shrine Maiden, they're like, no, 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 we use uh, Oracle of Stone for the same reason. I'm like, because you can pick up cards that are not just spells. You can yeah. pick up, um, you know, your charges and your let goes and stuff like that that Shrine Maiden just loves to put into the fucking discard buff. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. It's I'm, interesting. I'm, you know, I, I'm really loving Oracle of Stone. I think, unfortunately, that card at some point be broken and get nerfed at the moment it's not at the like it's not breaking decks it's but but i think that like within phoenix obviously it makes tadaka better and then tadaka's you know already one of the best sort of uh you know just walking nuclear missiles that the uh you know the, that that phoenix have it's just this incredible yeah you know <laughs> incredible weapon you know, incredible piece of artillery I tell you what, I I actually found a better version of Tadaka as well. I got a Chinese <laughs> version of Tadaka, right? So now Tadaka. only I know what he does, right? That's gonna be my secret weapon. It's gonna be my secret weapon going into worlds. Yeah. Sit down against my opponent. I'll have like a mix of like Spanish cards and English cards and Chinese cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! So has anyone like? been playing any competitive L5R lately? Do you want to... What was your sweet tournament that you went to, Enzi, that you, you top 8 in? Oh, um, what was it? It was just some League Night whatever. Uh, I think it was half Phoenix players. Good meta. And uh, two Scorpion, one Dragon, and one Lion. So, yeah, good times. Um, but yeah, I've been playing some competitive L5R um i'm really liking unicorn i'm like i'm playing against unicorn um because i'm testing for the world cup but um yeah but i've, I've noticed Unicorn's very good now she told me encampment is amazing um thanks for schooling me glenn um yeah what else what else has been good i think i mean obviously hawk tattoo is fantastic um but yeah, I think I think Unicorn are the proverbial dark horse here, and um, I think that you know at Worlds, I think they're going to surprise a few people. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just saying they're going to surprise them off a few people who don't see them coming. So, I got a bit of a question. Like, World Cup has just started, so time of recording. Week one is well underway. There's a bunch of uh, games going on, and we've had. Uh, we do need a few more casters, I think. Um, there's there's a few people that have just been <laughs> pulling, like, I think Mind's Desire and I think P. Mittens and a few others and Krytos are just, like, casting all the games. Um, there's a lot of them. But I was just looking through the teams. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look through all the different countries and what their deck spreads are. But, uh, there's, uh, there's a yeah. theme. <laughs> there's definitely a trend. Um, almost there's everybody... definitely a lot of dragons. Yeah, Dragon, Phoenix, and Scorpion seems to be the standard lineup. But uh, there are a few brave countries who just dismiss Dragon. Like, I, you know, that's interesting. Like, I look at Brazil. They've gone Lion, Crane, and Crab. What do we think about that lineup? I actually, so I mean, yeah, it's always been old. the case that it's always been the case that player skill is like the de deciding factor, right? Oh, so I think if those players, you know, are good, you know, that can totally work. Well, I think the thing as well, sometimes there's an advantage 
where say for example there's very very few lion decks right like lions can in the in this world cup meta right so it's, mm. and i think a lot of the people that have you know including myself when we when we were kind of like forming decks is we weren't really counting on encountering lion opponents right so we weren't you know thinking about how we were going to deal with that sort of deck with like you know whether it's the you know lion hmt you know mega aggro deck right and so our decks are probably a little bit slower right so potentially sometimes there's an advantage in like going against the grain and picking that like off meta deck yeah i kind of feel like you you go ahead bud i also just think that as Milan was saying like if the player that's you're breaking up a bit, mate. <laughs> so, Whatever I was saying, it was like garbled. I don't know. <laughs> it's just garbled and stuff, unfortunately. So um, was we'll I, get was back. I drunk? Yeah, we'll get back to Glenn when he's got a bit of better reception. We had some feedback last time. <laughs> Apparently, it was a bit tricky with the shitty Glenn reception. Um, did anyone, Merlin or Enzi, did you have thoughts on like you know the makeup and the composition of some of these teams? Do you think there's a way uh, to construct a team? That would be your know, best versus the field. I don't know. I think, as, if I understand the format correctly, um, you actually have uh, sort of an A, a B, and a C. Actually, you guys would know. You you're bloody in it. Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. Am, I <laughs> explaining, why am I explaining the format? You're in it. Why well, anyway. <laughs> we forced Toy to do all the work. Yeah. Oh, so, I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're that's why he's not playing. Yeah. yeah, he's going to carry us, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think because of that, because you're going like A versus A, uh, and there was no way to know yeah, what no that yeah, matchup no was going to be like. Um, I'm not sure that your clan makeup actually matters because those three clans don't—they're not interacting with each other. Um, I do wonder though. I do wonder about like uh, when it exits the group stage and goes into a. And a single elimination bracket, maybe there's something there, right? Like maybe if you right. can get out of the group stage, um, then your decks, you you select three decks that are very wide. Um, what do you call it? Widespread. Like you know, they can handle, handle a lot of a lot of variance on the part of the opponent. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I think Glenn's Glenn's joined us again. Um, sorry, sorry guys, yeah. I. I... No, my, my point was just a very quick one was that um, we've seen in our local meta as well that players that play just the one clan and get really good at um, like their clan and their play style and know their clan and deck inside and out will often do better than the player that seems to go for the jack of all trades. Like if I, for instance, if I got given a dragon deck or, or a lion deck that's aggro, or a unicorn deck that's aggro, I'm probably not going to play as well just because I'm not very good at that sort of deck as opposed to playing like a very control-orientated crab deck or something like that. Um, yeah. So that can be a huge difference too. Um, that's all I was going to say. I, I'm really excited by what everyone is bringing. I, I've played... The, I, the Canadians uploaded their decks onto Five Rings. And I played a bit of the Crane deck and it was, it was heaps of fun. It was just really cool to play Crane again and feel like it was quite strong. You know, I think I think two cards have really changed Crane's fortunes. I think that Magistrate Station is such a fantastic Ooh. card. You know, the ability to straighten your guy or straighten any of your honoured folk when even regardless of whether you're in a conflict, which is I think will lead on to a to a discussion we'll have in a moment. But then also Soul Beyond Reproach. Like I just feel like you know crane has so much play to it now i feel that you know guest of honor is still like a you know a hardcore npe card like negative play experience card but um you know it does the job it's very very competitive if you if you're in that ultra competitive space shit you know i think they're good now you having fun with them where you going um, yeah i think um i think they just really enjoyed that they actually felt a bit like Scorpion in that I felt very much in control um, of the game. I felt like I was dictating a lot of the decisions being made. 
simply because my cards uh, allowed for control of that control of uh, events, <coughs> control of province activations, and control of attachments with the Scorpion Splash. Yeah. And then there was the added value of being able to unbow, which just felt really good. Yeah, you, you really want them to hit your magistration early when you yeah. can like overcommit on the defense to like keep it. And then from there on, you can kind of just steamroll because you always have the honored character in play. Do you know, I really feel like the Magistrate Station, they worked out that they weren't going to give Crane a new stronghold in the coming, you know, in the, the arc, right? And potentially not in the Scorpion pack. We don't know for sure, but potentially not. So I feel like the Magistrate Station was a good substitute. Like they don't really have a stronghold yet, but Magistrate Station is like close to a stronghold. Like that's what you want. You'd love to see that ability on a stronghold, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, based, based on what they're doing, I guess we'll get the crane pack probably March, maybe yeah. April next year. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. It definitely, again, and it feels like, I mean, line almost got there, but it feels like crane got enough cards to kind of enter the meta again. Yeah. In, in a way where I felt very much like they're very strong now. Um, so, I want to I think every clan's. Every clan's quite strong. I just think Lion are a little bit behind just because they didn't get as much in this previous cycle. Let's, uh, I just think, think it might be an idea. Have a really good matchup? Yeah, no, they just don't. <laughs> um, they just but, don't. Okay. Yeah. I just think we could quickly cover because it'd be fun to, you know, each week let's just check in with the World Cup, see how it's progressing. So we're on week one at the moment. Um, and so we're at the group stage. So uh, we've got like, six groups and each of the groups has four teams so six fours are 24 wow there's that many countries in here that's really cool good participation yeah, it's awesome yeah, yeah. huge so, props to the organizers this is a bloody great idea ah oh, it's fantastic love it um so we got group one brazil versus sweden and we've actually had two matches so far and so far it's two nil to the swedes with unicorn edging out lion and crane winning in a civil war I'd love to see, like, now, World Cup, which is theoretically, you know, pretty high level of play. Um, and Unicorn's in there. Somebody selected it. This guy, Dirty Deeds. I won't read out his rest of his Discord tag. You can go online to see it. But <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Deeds just ran over um, Emrano from uh, Brazil. And, and you know, with his Unicorn. He's, he's chosen Unicorn. He's won with it. So I love that. And, you know, I know that, you know, not that long ago... We were just laughing very hard at uni. <laughs> um, of the other games that have happened, Group Two's wrapped up, right? Like it's week one. Netherlands just three nil Malta. They just ran over the top and Malta. Their Scorp beat Dragon. Their Crane beat the Crane Mirror, and their Crab beat Scorpion. So, like, I'm feeling for Franco Pizzato, who played the Scorpion that was beaten by Dizzy Drone. Like, I've been there, man. <laughs> Still feel it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> love you, Glenn. Um, yeah, so I mean, Netherlands looking super strong, like three 0 very strong result. And then uh, Greece ran over the top of Chile. No, I actually watched the the Demagogue Phoenix game uh, versus uh, the Lion game. It was an amazing game. Um, and the other game that I saw that I thought was just like super super exciting was Group Three. So Cyprus, um, Bill Bill managed to well. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Bill, oh. Bill, yeah, managed to just edge right. out Widewood. Now, both of those players are phenomenal players, right? Like, they're both, like, Widewood's won, I think, two of the Discord Cups, or if not, yeah. he's always, he's a, you know, he's, yeah. he's a beast, right? He's a multi-champion, yeah. yeah. He's a beast. And Bill's Kirillus Arm, he's always up there, and he's just, he's always dominating whatever tournaments he's in, and he's an uh, incredible innovator. And, you know, his deck, like, you know, he was running the Lion Splash and he's running Strength of My Ancestors. And, you know, Phoenix running Strength of My Ancestors, like, you know, and, and that's a great innovation. You know, I don't think that was the, the first thing people thought about when, you know, in this latest arc, they went, Struth, got to be running Strength of My Ancestors. You're the, the, the Phoenix, resident Phoenix expert here, Merlin. What did you think about Bill's deck? I don't know if you had a look at it. 
I fell in love with that deck the first time I saw it. Um, like it, it was a while ago. This deck is now starting to sort of come into like the global meta. Um, but yeah, I, I was on and I saw that him and Demagogue had been playing a game and one of them had Unicorn Splash and the other one had had Lion Splash. And both of the decks look, just look insane. I'd, I've tried playing that deck and I love it when I play it. Like it's it's a lot of fun to play and it does really well, but it has some fairly major drawbacks, right? So you can obviously assassinate the, uh, the really low Shigenja. I never felt like I had enough Shigenja in play that I could sort of um, do multiple attacks and things like that with with uh, confidence, and it uh, it sort of folds to bow tech as well, right? So you need your clarity of purposes to avoid that, and it doesn't handle attachments very well. So it's got a couple of drawbacks, but I don't know how Bill does it. He just makes it work every single time I've seen him play it. It's yeah, I'm in love. Yeah. So. If, can it, if I was a if I was a bolder man, I would take that to world. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So another match has happened with Canada and England. Um, group four, one game between USA and Hungary, with a Grabero one from Hungary, just taking it to Bill Junior. So USA, you've got some work to do. Calling her out right now. Like Bill Junior is one of the. He's a fantastic lion player. But it turns out, as a dragon player, when you put him on the world stage, he's a fantastic lion player. Um, and we've also got uh, Singapore versus Indonesia. Uh, Singapore three 0 Indo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so crab beat crane. Their dragon beat crab, and they won in a scorpion mirror. Um, they got a pretty strong team. Like they've got Nix Nix Nix, who's uh, you know always up there. So it's kind of fun to see these, you know, these people that you see in, you know, always up there on the Discord League now in their, you know, representative, you know, putting on their rep, rep Guernseys, <laughs> going at it country mm-hmm. by country. Uh, and we haven't had, the only other, like, major amount of games we've had so far at this sort of midpoint in the week was in Group 6, uh, France versus Philippines. Um, interestingly, we had Shoot, great crane player, managed to edge out uh, L5 Fiber, and that's a VOD that you can go and watch as well. I'd recommend watching some of these VODs because this is like really great, you know, top-level play, and you're starting to see, you know, what does the meta look like now, and it is a lot more varied than I think we've seen before. I think we've got one very boring Dragon deck that's sitting right up the top, miles above everybody else, but apart from that, there's a lot of variation. Like, even within, say, Scorpion, there's, like, ten different ways of doing it. Crane's got a number of variations. Even Crab, we're starting to see them splash something that's not Unicorn. Um, it's hard for them to do that, but they're doing it. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, France are currently 2-1 to the Philippines. Uh, and and Yoda-sensei was playing Phoenix, and he actually managed to beat Purple, Pia- Purple Potato, who's a pretty good crab player of... Uh, but had a few losses to him on uh, competitive games on Jigaku. What are you guys thinking about the World Cup? Do you, you enjoying the coverage so far? Is it building a bit of buzz? You think it's a good thing that we're doing it? Where's the best place to find the coverage? I think listeners might like to know that. Yeah, so we'll actually put in the pod notes some links. Uh, you can go to Mind Desire's YouTube channel, and there's a few other... There's somebody, and I don't know offhand who it is, but there is somebody who's putting together like a playlist. Um, so I'll figure out who that is and we'll chuck it up in the, the notes of the pod there so you'll be able to click on it. But there's um, I think it's pretty it's, good coverage. It's and I it's think, a great... Yeah, I sorry. Think, yeah, I was just thinking, I think it's just a great way to learn more about the game, but also to see how different metas uh, go about deck building and then, and then piloting those decks. It's just great to see that from different parts of the world, people do play and bring different things to the table uh, because that's what they're comfortable with or that's what they know. And it just can often open your eyes to a different sort of strategy or deck building approach that you may not have seen before um, rather than just net deck the staples that have been proven beforehand. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I just... I just noticed. Uh, I don't think Ireland's got a got a team here. Is that right? 
No, no Irish team? There is Wales. <laughs> there is Wales. And Mark Armitage yeah. is, in, is in the Wales team, even though he lives in the Walsh, US. Oh. Yeah. Is he a dual citizen? Is he like is he like one of those oh. soccer players who like, oh, sorry, football players? Because, uh, you know, we do have a world audience. One of those football players you know, who, you know, represents a different country to where he lives. He might be. He might. What do you call those? Yeah. Ringers, right? He's Ringers. like the guy that you get in on your on He's your a team. Welsh ringer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like myself. But I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised there's no Irish team. Hey, that is true. Like, technically, NZ could Thanks. have qualified for Canada. Hey, what do you think of the Canadian team? Do you know, um, Afraidy? Dude, I, uh, Nivik? I like the Canadian team. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron Freed uh, is a good mate of mine. Uh, oh, yeah? He's an old Dragon player. For, yep, from the old game. Huge dude, got sweet tattoos actually. Oh really? Um, yeah, and um, yeah, he's good. Like he cleaned up in the Canadian qualifiers, um, so watch out for him. Um, uh, Kevin Nivek, he is actually a Scorpion player, um, and he did very very well at the was it the Seattle Kotai or was it? Yeah, I think it was Seattle. He did very well. Um, and, yeah, he's a Scorpion player. He's playing Crane, but he'll he'll do fine. Um, I think Byron Crane must be a kind of standalone, less versatile, like, I play Scorpion type player. Um, and that's probably how they, they came to that, because Kevin generally plays Scorpion. Um, yeah, I haven't been able to look at the, de- the deck because... Oh, no, wait. This one might be working. Um, nah, five, five rings, rings is down. down. Five rings DB is yeah, down five, at the time of recording. Down. We might have to hand out a tray, <laughs> collect some coins, see We've if we the can <laughs> get it up and running. Yeah, the uh, the crane deck that Kevin's playing um, looks very similar to the one that um, Kinimish, Kinimish from Poland is playing that I'm playing against this week. So that'll be interesting. Um, and the scorpion deck is down. So, yeah, yay for Bushi Builder, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, I don't I really like know Bushy anyone Builder. on the on the we should, on the English we should team. Start other a, than I know Action Johnny's good. We should start a GoFundMe for Five Rings DB. Yeah, for sure. We'll sell we'll sell fi- save Five Rings DB T-shirts. <laughs> I uh, think seriously though, there is a there is a donate there is a donate page that for five rings. Ah, so well, there you go. If people, if, if people do want to support it, I think there is an official way to do so. Um, well, and even just like a dollar or two, a dollar or two just helps pay for the server costs. You know, if every listener here donated a dollar, there'd be at least four dollars <laughs> for five rings yeah. to be. <laughs> yeah, goes a lot of way. Four dollars can feed a website in need. But, uh, but yeah, look, you know what? Right. Is if uh, if you could afford a buck, go name a buck to Five Rings DB because you know what? I've certainly got more than a buck, do- you know, a dollar's worth of value out of that website, and I feel like a buck seems pretty good. Um, is it tax deductible? I'm only doing it if it's tax deductible. I don't, I don't think it's tax. Deductible. Don't count on that. Check your Damn check it. with your accountant. <laughs> Over a dollar. Yeah. Well, it depends which. Depends check which check with your Wiley trader. Is the, oh yeah. Is the L5R? Is the L5R? <laughs> check with your local your local Wiley trader. You need if you're gonna be on the podcast, you need to be able to at least stick within the world of Roku Gun. I feel. <laughs> Talk to Didn't the Yusuke. <laughs> Did we have a listener question about that? We did, and we might get to those listener questions in a moment. Uh, I think we just ran out of this World Cup coverage. Um, we do have the Australia versus Poland matches upcoming. Um, I'm a, I guess my heritage is Polish, but I'm playing like I'm playing for Australia, so I don't know how I feel about this. But there's some pretty exciting games. Like the game that I'm kind of looking out for um, is Birdie. So Toridori, our fellow roller, is uh, playing Dragon because we gave him the most OP deck when we kind of had our discussion. We're like. All right, you're our best player. Play our best deck, <laughs> right? And he's playing against QQ, who's also playing Dragon. And QQ was the winner of the most recent Discord Cup, like I think Season Eight Discord Cup. So I think that that's going to be a butler of a game. 
So uh, Merlin may be casting it. Hopefully, we'll have some somebody from Poland as well. So stay tuned for that one um, later in the week because I think that's going to be an amazing game. And Enzi's Phoenix versus Crane game. Enzi versus Nimsh, that's going to be a bottler as well. And then you can watch Scorpion versus Scorpion and see people trade on and probably won't be as exciting. Can you cast your own game? I should cast, <laughs> cast my own game. Yeah, you should put your own commentary while you're playing. <laughs> Pretty sure. you can still Pretty make sure. it will just be me swearing sure. a lot every time I make a misplay. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I would... Yeah, I'd probably pay to watch that, actually. <laughs> like. Alright. What's the internet connection like at your place, Enzi? Like, if you play it on the balcony, I'll cast it from your lounge room. How's that? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll make something happen. <laughs> I don't know. I think um, Bill Army sort of tested the waters with regard to casting one's own game or, you know, the game being on the same household that it's being played from. And it didn't, I don't think it went down well. No, there's a bit of controversy there. Um, my, my take from that was that, uh, you know what? Mine's Desire, I think, went away and talked to some of the admins and they made their call on what was going to happen there. And those admins, you know, they're very, very straight down the line. Um, so whatever ruling they came up with, I think, you know, I was happy with. And they gave Bill the win. It was an amazing game. And Bill's like, he's a pretty straight up guy. So whatever the admins came up with, I was I was happy with the way that they went there. Um, yeah. Cool. So there were a few listener questions which we should get to. Um, okay, Glenn, mate, you still with us? Yep. All right, yep. we got one. We got one for you, right off the top. This one's from Toradori, who's currently watching his football team lose. Um, question for Glenn: Which card from the elemental cycle is the healthiest for the meta, and why is that Hawk Tattoo? Well. He's asking you an oxymoron. <laughs> Have and more faith in yourself than that, mate. I think I think whenever you're asked a question by a player that hasn't played the game for about three months, you should always just reflect and just discuss what a healthy meta is. Um, is a healthy meta is a healthy meta where when everyone splashes a certain clan and they include a certain card. Is that best for the meta? Is that what is healthy uh, for the players at large uh, and for local communities? Is it healthy for my blood pressure when I get orc tattooed by a player three times and they've only drawn eight cards in the game? Is that a healthy meta? Uh, my answer <laughs> would be... My answer would be... Uh, I don't think orc tattoo is the card that makes the meta healthy at the moment. Uh, I actually think... Um, I actually think a card that may be making the meta quite healthy uh, is probably uh, uh, I feel like I haven't played much lately but I feel like from my, from my perspective I'd say it's just the Shinjo encampment or whatever it is just being able to have Unicorn feel incredibly threatening when you're opposed to them has redefined how I've deck built nearly every nearly every other clan uh, because I know that there is potential for an aggro matchup that is quite strong. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, really, I really do so agree would, with you, Glenn. And probably building so that... would be that, my answer. Yeah, like Shitomi Encampment as well as Magister Station, I feel like they've gained a bit of turf back. You know, there was a big, big gap between, uh, you know, Dragon and Crane and then there was obviously a giant valley, you know, there was probably oceans between dragon and unicorn and Shitomi camp, you know, single-handedly bought them, you know, a little bit of the way there, like a fair chunk of the way there. So I think both those cards have made the game a lot more interesting, a lot more competitive yeah. uh, for other players. I guess, I guess it's similar to how, I guess to expand, it's similar to how Tadaka kind of changed how you built your conflict deck. Oh yeah. Absolutely. No longer, no longer could you really run three ofs uh, if you felt like you were going to burst a lot of Phoenix players. And so, yeah, it's just great to have to reflect on how you build your Dynasty deck, as well as how greedy do you go with how tall do you take your character. 
Um, so yeah, I think those sort of cards are what make the meta healthy more so than a card that has a harpoon effect that thematically makes no sense and uh, is just too effective for what it does. Um, I'd also like to say that in future, if listeners can write questions that are questions rather than already providing answers, uh, I'll be more than happy to provide answers to those questions. <laughs> are you saying hey, that uh, you, one Mr. Territory should go back under the bridge where all trolls live? <laughs> I'm saying that I wish him best of luck in his game that's coming up versus Poland. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and that maybe... For his meta, where it's a dragon mirror, uh, maybe Hawk Tattoo is the healthy meta choice there. Can you imagine that game? Like they they've each got three Hawk Tattoos and favored favorable ground and things like that. Three They're Legos. just like pushing and pulling each other's units into uh, the conflict. I, to me, it's like thematically, it's like someone's gone for a like a, a fist punch, and the other players grab their hand and etch the Hawk Tattoo onto them, and and, it's, and then yank them in. And then in return, they've gone for a punch. And then they've grabbed their hand and gone, well, your hawk looks kind of okay. I'm going to draw a better one on you now. And it's just gone back and forth for a bit. I mean, that's what's going on, right? Thematically, we're going to look at the game and be like, oh, let's think about the one of Rokugan right now. It's just, it's just hawk tattoos left and right. I bet the tattoo shop up in the mountain where people are meditating is doing a roaring trade. Um, yes, this is all good really as a dragon, be, right? Like their economy yeah, is, there should, you know. There should be another wily trader card in dragon, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Kokogen. I mean, right. the, anyway, the Hawk tattoo flying around, it's just the kind of crazed goth orgy that Hitomi had in mind. So it's just a precursor of great things to come. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Make, right. make the world dragon again. <laughs> it's mm. been dragon a long time. Very. They already, they already did. Like they won Gen Con uh, last year, right? And then, and then now they've redone it so that it's Gen Con again. They won Gen Con again. I thought no, no, Crane, Crane, Crane won Gen Con last year. Oh, did they? Crane, yeah, it was a Crane versus Scorpion match. I watched it. <laughs> you were oh, there. Why did we? <laughs> yeah. Why did we get but the Imperial favor? Why did we get the Dragon Imperial favor then? I can't remember why we got that. I thought it was because they won, won something. No, it, it, there was an internet competition, I think. You know, write in while you uh, like, right. you right, know, right, like yeah. L5R right. or something. Yeah, I didn't get that. Well, look, thank you for listening to the podcast where misinformation is as likely as good information. Uh, so apologies <laughs> to all the listeners there. Nah, it's great. Um, so Ray, our, our almost every episode question... Giver, <laughs> he lost that title, you know, did he? You oh, know what? Ray. Today, I'm not not giving in. Ray, you've asked two questions. I know you've said, you know, I've told you, we've spoken to you about this. One question to show, mate. All right. So I'm gonna look at the two questions here and figure out which one's more interesting. Well, no, hang on, because spoiler alert: Frotop has two questions, and he will get to have answers to both these questions. Maybe. So maybe we should just. Maybe we should give Ray just this redem- you know, this one redemptive moment, uh, and let's just answer both his questions. All right. Well, we'll just get to. Why don't we just get to Frotop's question? He has asked. Um, you know, let's 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 have a look. What's he got here? Um, he's got. He's got. Let's ask. Fro- let's answer Frotop's two questions. Okay. So he says, "Do I have to be an Aussie to get any of my questions answered on this podcast?" No. All right. Let's okay. go to. Let's no. go to Ray's yeah, question. No. 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 No, the answer to Frotop's question is if your name doesn't sound like a frozen yogurt place, your question will be answered. <laughs> that's, that, that's as straightforward as it's going to be, man. It's as straightforward as we're going to be for a long time. All right, let's move on to Mr. Dent. Um, oh, God. All right, so I, I don't mean oh, God, because the question. I mean, just there's two questions here. I've got to choose one of them. I'm going to choose the first one. The second one's awkward to answer. So, first one is. Who are the biggest winners and losers with the new elemental role? Enzi, throwing it to you, buddy. With the new elemental role? Yeah, like, the new roles. Second sorry, roles. I don't the question. Like, oh, the second role. Okay. Yeah. Um, Crab's the biggest loser. Um, I second the motion. Yep. 
I know Glenn will third the motion, that's for sure. Sorry, what clan are we talking about right now? Crab, speak reverse. No, wait, no, what clan are we talking about? <laughs> okay. that, that clan doesn't exist right now, mate. Oh, oh the crab does not exist right now. Okay, they're, they're, <laughs> wow, they're that is a lot of salt. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> so much salt, it's birds away the clan. Start off best. Um, probably... Probably unicorn. I, I feel like getting feast or famine um, is really helpful to them. Um, and just being able to, like, you go into unicorn's row now, and it is actually fairly painful, whereas before it just didn't feel like anything. So I'd say unicorn actually, despite being the only one to go for two keepers, which, you know, on paper you might say, oh, that's a bit bold. Um, I think getting that fire roll was really helpful for them. Yeah. All right. Merlin? Uh, well, uh, clearly, Crab, the, the clan that does not exist, the clan that formerly known as the Crab, uh, probably got the worst roll. But um, I actually think maybe Scorpion. I feel like when the Scorpion pack comes out, that, like, whenever the Scorpion do anything, their goal, their goals are not always immediately obvious, right? So I feel like this role is like, what's up with that? And we're going to find out when the Scorpion pack hits that actually it's going to just turn on a whole bunch of shit and we're going to be in a whole world of Scorpion pain. I think they got the best. <laughs> I am seriously feeling like there's going to be a lot of uh, Seeker and water, well, like water roll only cards to Scorpion in this Scorpion pack. <laughs> I'm not as confident as you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you think, Glenn? Uh yeah, I think I think Crab Crab only lost not because it was a seeker role, but just because it was Earth again. I think I think if Crab had got Seeker of Fire or Seeker of uh water even, it would have been okay. But or, or void. Um but it just feels so bad. I don't yeah, I don't really have words anymore. I just kind of I'm so deflated by the fact that my favorite clan doesn't really have a space right now. Um, but I think clearly the biggest winner. I, I, I would I would agree with Merlin. I think I think the Earth combined with the Keeper aspect uh, will make it quite strong moving into uh, the Shinobi deck. It, although it is unfortunate because I feel like Seeker would still be really strong with Pathfinder's Blades. Um, as an aggressive deck, but um, man, being able to play discouraging pursuit uh, onto the little two coster and having uh, have a seven military point swing is incredible. Oh, so it's beautiful. Like I'm all about value. Like I I love value in card games, and to me that's such great value. So all right, yeah. So we've got Edwin Pierce who, who Thanks, asks Ray. in stereo. Who is your hot pick to win the O5R World Cup? Uh, Merlin, who's going to win? The World Cup? Uh, my God. Uh, I'm torn between USA and Wales. Oh, but... I'm deeply cut. I know. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of NZ and Birdie and myself, so cut. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of people on here that I feel like they're sort of jumping their clan. I just noticed that Steelfair is playing Dragon. Oh, really? Oh, so many oh, disappointments. Really? Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. But I did answer I did answer last week who I want to win, which I think will be, which I want to be. Uh, I thought Greece only had one thing in, but Greece or Cyprus. Yeah. I think they're both... Both both Greece and Cyprus are definitely up there on my uh, list of clan uh, of uh, countries that are going to do very well. Um, NZ, do you have just... a thought? Yeah. Well, I like Canada to be honest. <laughs> um, Pull them for the Canucks. Like I have to say that. Yeah, um, but I think if England makes it through them, I think England. I like them having a unicorn in their uh, rank. I think that that may give some people fit. Action Johnny, yeah. 
there's just so many good players, right? Now I'm looking at the France team, and now I'm going, oh, maybe the French, they could do it. They've done it once before. Yeah? I'm, I'm totally <laughs> really deflated that you guys all... There's, like, no faith for the Australian team. Like, for the well, Australian... Or like, dude, if you... Yeah, if you were on it, totally, right? If you were on the team, but you're not on the team, so I can't. How can I endorse no. the team? I think it's the Australia way to not barrack for ourselves. We've always got to pick on our mates. Nah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> look, on your mates. look we, 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 we hate tall puppy syndrome, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, is there any chance I can pull a leadership coup and get onto the team? Can I pull a... Can I pull a <laughs> Yeah. And that's the Australian way of life, mate. You know, look, yeah, KP's no, the sub. No. Start there, work your way up. <laughs> no, I love KP. He yeah. can stay. Super sub, KP. Um, uh, I actually think I, I, I really would like the Greek scene. Um, I'd love that to be recognized on the world stage, to be honest. Um, yeah, just. Seeing people play slightly more unconventional decks and prove that they're as viable as what we consider the most consistent or uh, competitive style of decks, um, it'd be great to see. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. Yeah, I agree well, with that. I, I hope the Greeks win. If I mean, if it can't be us, give it to them. Yeah, you for know, sure. that unconventional decks, that's what I'm all about. So. Heck, yeah. Absolutely. So, last question I wanted us to cover. Really interesting one from from honorary Western Roller Nathan, who's uh, joined us a few times on the podcast, and I'm sure he'll join us at some point in the future. There. Um, so, you guys might have read that fiction. We covered it on a few episodes ago, where we discovered that the emperor is about to retire, and he has asked the honourable Lakoto Taturi, the Emerald Champion of Rockigan, to write. A scroll which will uh, become an edict, an imperial edict, which will let the rest of the empire know that uh, the emperor is abdicating and his second son is going to, uh, well, he's almost going to take the throne. He's going to be the heir, name is the heir, and Bayushi Shoji will be the regent. Now, the empire, the emperor is putting a lot of trust into Turi and on, on what he's actually going to write in that scroll. Emperor can't write it himself. He's blind, not very good with the pen anymore. So Nathan asks, what is the contents of that scroll? What's Taturi actually going to write? Is he just going to be straight down the line? Or is he going to come up with some bullshit? You know, uh, anyone got any thoughts on what Taturi might actually do? Is he just an honorable fellow? Or is he going to, like, try and screw over Shoju? What's he going to do? I feel like Taturi's the Ned Stark of... <laughs> he's going to do, he's gonna do the right thing. You sound like a robot, Glenn. Unfortunately, <laughs> but I think he is the dead Stark of Rocky. Yeah, I don't. Could I don't think Taturi this? Dies, this? So that's why he can't be the uh, Ned Stark of Rocky God. Because why? Sorry, Nancy. Because he doesn't die. No, like, what? Taturi, nobody, no, you're not going to kill Taturi off. They'll kill him, and he'll just keep coming back to life, right? I think that's the the dude. That's the deal. Well, that's talking the about Glenn, job, so yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> we're talking about Glenn's internet one. connection. <laughs> what is dead may never die. It's Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh yeah, that's is true. That his new branding. Speaking of Game of Thrones, Thrones yeah. Nationals is up, so that's why. Yeah. Um, Speaking well, of games, go ahead, Merlin, what are you saying? Well, you got to teach me how to play this game, actually, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to work. Yeah, I need like, I need like, you got to build me the deck, right? That it has exactly one trick in it that I can go six zero with, and just you know get my prize tickets. Well, actually, I mean, we can quickly discuss uh, Game of Thrones on an L five R podcast because in the interview that nah, I that's okay. earlier, I don't think Tyler, I don't think Glenn would like it. No, Tyler, um, Tyler. Tyler was asked if they considered bringing the starter decks for Game of Thrones, which they recently brought in, which has cards from all four current cycles. Oh, that's uh, a cool well idea. Sets. Um, and they've made fully functional decks that may not be tier one, 
but give you a really good idea of what each faction does uh, so that you can get into the game for just $25 Australian. I think um, that is an amazing they idea. Asked, they asked, what did you think about if you could do that to L5R? And he basically was talking about how he thought about how to try and form decks from two cores and try and convey theme and get new players into the game. And so, you know, maybe down the road they'll do the same thing for L5R, uh, which would be really great because in both cases, lowering the barrier to entry just means that you can get more people into the game. And like we're talking about the law here, um, if you can get people in based on like, well, right now the Emperor is about to abdicate the throne and there's a lot of political complications going on and there's some you know, sinister organizations that work, but we don't really know what they are. It's really interesting. What do, what clan do you want to play? They're like, oh, what does this clan do? You just go, well, you can be sneaky, you can be honorable, you can be the stoic ones, like, and then you can just get players in from that point on and uh, have a great time. What do you think uh, so, about? Yeah, it'd be great to get in. What do you think about the idea of FFG pulling a Lord Soth? Lord Soth was like this dude who was in Forgotten Realms and Dragonlance, and I think he actually may have appeared in in uh, Raven... Raven Dark? Raven? I can't remember whatever it was, the old D&D settings. Um, the idea that maybe, like, if there was an in the next set, right, you saw a card who was an unaligned Shigenja called Beric Dondarian, right, would that be cool? In, yeah. like, actually taking a character from Game of Thrones and put it into L5R. <laughs> yeah, like Beric Dondarian. He turns out he's like, you know, he's, he's you know, I don't know where Rockigan exists in this, <laughs> you know, in relation to Westeros. He just, he like, just wanders in from the burning sands, you know, yeah. he's like, huh, what's over here? Yeah. <laughs> and then he like raises Taturu from the dead <laughs> when he'll presumably <laughs> die. <laughs> I do think want, Taturi's going to die, right? If we want a multiverse, I think we should just wait until... FFG buys the Marvel license, and then we can play. <laughs> then we can play in that in that universe. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I guess I'd say the lore is really interesting. Um, I haven't read as much as I wish I had, and I guess it's a good shout out to the new RPG book, which offers a lot of depth into the lore as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it'd be interesting if Tatori writes what is meant to be written or if he changes it or if he writes the right thing but then someone switches the scrolls um, there's lots of ways that they can take it I'm actually more interested to see where the murder investigation goes from last world like I, I just I feel like that still hasn't mm. been resolved uh, I, I think I've come to accept that just like waiting for the sixth book of Game of Thrones uh, that the answers to these questions in the L5 R law might take years to get answers, and I'm just becoming to accept that. that that's the way it goes. So, what do we think? Like, I picked up the beautiful beginner's copy of uh, the L5R role-playing game, and one of the... It gives you a bunch of components in there, and one of them is this beautiful-looking map, this glorious, like, you know, very detailed map, which is in my hands at the moment. Um, I'm looking at the Unicorn Lands. So, it's a map of Rockigan, right? Unicorn Lands up north, they're west of the Dragonlands, right? Right on the very, very western tip is a place called Khan Bulak. What do you reckon? Could that be the tipping point? Can we see some uh, some horse dudes from uh, you know from from west from or Essos or wherever the hell they are? You know, I don't know. I'm just excited. I'd love to see a crossover, but I'm like that. I, don't know, man. <laughs> I think what we need to do is make L5R like much more popular. This needs to be. We need to get this right into the popular culture. And then they'll do things like, I don't know, World of Warcraft crossover with Legend oh, of yeah. Five Rings. We'll start to see, like, Thrall and all that shit in there. That'll be great. <laughs> I think yeah. and once once your IP we'll see, is we'll final, you'll make, you'll make it to uh, Cinematic Universe standard. All right. Well, let's quickly <laughs> wrap this up, right? Taturi. <laughs> yes. who's, the, who's the actor who's going to play Taturi? Oh. Uh, Tom Hardy. Tom no, wait, wait, I whitewashed. I apologize to everyone. I just whitewashed. 
straight away. <laughs> you get yourself in trouble now. <laughs> I feel like it's because they whitewash the characters all the time. They actually think the art uh, does whitewash. Yeah, that's, that's just me thinking of the card. I actually think I would prefer an all-Japanese cast, to be mm. honest. Yeah, yeah. I, sweet. I would actually, I'd actually much prefer that. Um, and they can speak whatever language they're meant to speak. Uh, sweet. Well, yeah, no, no, yeah, please, no, no Tom Hardy and no whitewashing would be all I'd say. Love it, love it. Awesome. Well, on that politically correct note, let's uh, wrap up the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Blame the card out. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, uh, let's let's not make too many comments there. We might get ourselves in trouble. Um, but yeah, I love <laughs> all the so art. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fantastic, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Any final thoughts, uh, Merlin? Uh, I wouldn't mind doing a couple of shout-outs. I want do to it. do a shout-out to the organisers of the World Cup. I think they're doing a great job. I can't wait to see more games. Fucking love it. Uh, yeah. And I want to give a shout-out to Team Covenant for those rings that they did. Um, I just recently acquired a set of those. They're amazing. You should get them. Dear listener, go get those rings. Cool. Enzi? Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners. Uh, this could be our last cast if we are the first Elf of Our Cast band to march in. So, <laughs> so politically incorrect. Glenn? Uh, just want to give a shout out to all the players out there. The... This is what I love about our podcast. Yep. We're super low fi <laughs> <laughs> but I just give it a shout out For to all the players. Know, the the internet in Australia is like in a third world country. It's really <laughs> and, it's and, really bad. And Glenn is in a car driving from Outback Australia into like suburban Australia. Yeah. So he's on yeah. he's on like two G, right? <laughs> hey, uh, you you there, Glenn? It looks like you were talking again. No, like yeah. uh, just encourage everyone. To- uh, and yeah, uh, actually, a broadcast from the outback here. Uh, and just shout out to Bert. Hope he gets back into the game soon. Uh, we need you for the World Cup, buddy. So, yeah. so right. get back in. <laughs> Come back, Bert. We love you. On that note, uh, we've been Hidden City Roller type people, and you are people who play ch- a children's card game. See you all later. <laughs>